and welcome to Counterculture. I'm Peter Whittle. Now, I say this every time, but that's because I mean it every time. Please do remember to subscribe, won't you? Uh, it's very simple. You just go to the subscribe button, press that. Next door, there is blue bell. You press that too. That means you get notifications of all our programs as they come up. So uh, don't forget to do that. Um, well, last Sunday uh, was probably one of the most hotly anticipated media events for, well, years and years. And that was the launch of GB News. So today on Counterculture, we're going to be discussing, well, as Morecambe and Wise used to say, what do you think of it so far? Uh, but also we're going to be talking about the wider implications of GB News for the media landscape. And also, more specifically, uh, the whole idea of impartiality. Has that actually kindly finally died a death? Now, to talk about these issues, I'm very pleased to say we have Gawain Toler, who's a columnist for The Critic and also was press secretary for the Brexit Party. We have Claire Fox, uh, that's Baroness Fox of Buckley to you and me. Uh, Rafe Hadelman Koo, of course, from the New Culture Forum, historian and commentator. And the television documentary maker, Douglas Churnside. Thank you very much for coming. Um, can I start with you? Um, What's your first impression of GB News? I think uh, it needs time to bed in. Yeah. I thought that Andrew Neil's opening one-hour show on Sunday evening was brilliant. Mm. And it, it spoke to exactly what I want the channel to be because I think it's been caricatured in advance as being, you know, some vehicle for right-wing prejudice and uh, a UK Fox News and that it will throw impartiality out of the window. But I think that he explained that certainly the ideals of the channel are that there won't be any um, attempts at, uh, for example, putting out information that's not true or, you know, that they're going to have very high standards themselves. Now, I think that it's going to take a bit of time to see whether that can work and not all the shows will follow that format. Um, as I think was obvious by the fact that the Dan Wharton show that followed it didn't follow that format. And you could see, therefore, the reaction on social media was immediately say, ha ha, gotcha. But when you actually watched it the next day, you saw that the different programmes had very different tones to them. Now, I want it to work. I really want it to work. And the reason I want it to work, which I think is the more significant thing for me, um, is that I really believe that the media landscape needs shaking up mm. and that impartiality is, which you're going to go on to discuss, that impartiality has become stuck in aspic. Mm. I believe in impartiality, but not in the way that it's been interpreted in recent years. So I'm hopeful that this is a channel that will represent far more intuitively what ordinary people are interested in pursuing, but feel is neither represented on their uh, mainstream TV channels and indeed that even raising some of the questions will get them in trouble and they're walking on eggshells and they're not allowed to say it so that's a good thing for me. Uh, do you feel that it's uh, Douglas that it is a fresh thing? Do you, you know they, as Claire said there the actual opening monologue I thought was very impressive but you know we're going to look at things anew do you think it's, it looks like it's going to do that? Yes, I do. I absolutely love it. I think it's terrific. It's very positive. It's entertaining. I thought they were absolutely right to have uh, 
Andrew Neil set out their stall. Uh, but what they did much better than that was they then fulfilled exactly what he said uh, they were going to do. Um, Dan Wooten is a, is a fantastic TV star. He, I, I don't know how anyone can go for three hours on live television with that amount of energy. And he's got a unique capability, I think, of really challenging people quite aggressively while being very likable and charming. This is not Newsnight. It's not Piers Morgan. No. He doesn't interrupt people all the time. But that first three hours was like a train going at 100 miles an hour. He had great guests. I thought the Chinese scientist whistled was a, an exciting guest. I thought Lord Sumption was a challenging guest. He would not be allowed to say those things un uninterrupted on other channels. Um, when I watched through the day yesterday and today, I have a slightly different opinion about it. I, I agree totally with Claire. The programs very strongly reflect the cast that they've assembled. Uh, Andrew Neil or whoever it is, has made a family of people. And like some American channels, I think what they're going to do is, these are going to be our friends. These are going to be people, I'll pick this three hours, you'll pick that two hours, but I'll like this guy and the person that he's doing the show with, or uh, this woman and her colleague, and the sort of people that they have on and the sort of things that they discuss. I do have a lot of comments about it as a television producer. I don't ever do live television. It's it's very scary. And GB News is explaining very clearly why it is very clearly. They've had every single technical fault you could possibly have. But they've got terrific people. They haven't had people sitting waiting for an autocue to roll up. They keep talking. They all keep going. They're never lost for words. Um, they have constantly new guests coming on from very ordinary people in Places that, I mean, they went to Hoyt yesterday morning. Nobody in the right mind ever goes there to do TV interviews. They've been all over the north of England. They've been to Wales. I haven't seen anything in Scotland yet, but I have noticed they haven't, on the bits I've seen, they haven't gone to London. They've deliberately stayed away. Uh, today they did a piece with a woman who is the arts director or something like that at the Birmingham Hippodrome. Now, if you were on the BBC, they would either talk to Andrew Lloyd Webber or they'd talk to somebody in subsidised theatre. They actually talk to somebody on a modest budget who has to put bums on seats about the four-week delay in... Uh, Oh, yes. in lockdown. Yes. And what she explained was, I need to put 75% bums on seats to even break even. Mm -hmm. And it's another four weeks of this year. I can't do that. Now, this was just very refreshing to me. It wasn't a whining person asking for government money. Uh, it was somebody running uh, a theatre, uh, just explaining to you how that sort of business works. And most of us ha have no idea. And you suddenly think, oh, I'm now thinking very differently about the announcement that the Prime Minister made yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Gwen, do you, I mean, do, did you stay with like uh, Dan Wooden for three hours? Or? I didn't. Right. Um, I watched a bit of it. I have to admit, mostly um, on uh, watch back, mainly because about a year or so ago, I gave up on TV news altogether right. and, and turned off my license. So I have to go onto <laughs> onto the internet to watch it. Um, right, right. This may change my mind, but I, I I I got so fed up, despite my life for the last twenty years being news 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 over the last four or five years i've given up on the news i'll read the papers yeah. sometimes i'll read weekly magazines yeah, yeah. New, new scientist the economist new statesman t spectator because they cover all the things that are not instant and the instant is of less interest to me now i'm not doing day-to-day -day political press press releases yeah. and things of that sort 
Um, so I didn't watch it all. I have watched sort of to a certain extent. What do you think of that format? Um, it's, it's very much, isn't it? It's like, a, well, it, it's a, it, these are long shows, aren't I, they? I, when, when I, I coming back to what was said earlier about the group of friends. It was very apparent in watching all the Twitter feeds of the various people as they were being brought into GB News, as they started talking to each other, people from very different backgrounds, the Del Piero show against somebody who is very unlike her historically. Um, it reminded me, and I would say this because to a hammer and nails and all that, but it reminded me of pushing together the crowd of people who were then to become the Brexit Party MEPs. You right. had... I remember turning a corner once in the first week after the election, turning a corner in Strasbourg and walking towards me in lockstep with these two women, Anne Widdicombe and that one. <laughs> and I looked at it and went, oh my goodness. And everybody, everybody, they're going to fall out. They're going to fall out. Thick as thieves. And have remained so ever since because though they have wildly different points of view, they shared a belief in that diversity of thought. They shared a belief in democracy. They shared a belief in that pluralism that meant despite very strong differences of opinion on a whole range of issues, they, have be they became yeah. friends. And that what you were talking about, this melding together very different people with very different outlooks in a common endeavor to improve the lot of the people of this country, to improve the understanding of the people of this country is something that can can really become something special. Mm. Now, it hasn't happened yet, but it is clear, absolutely clear, that that is what seems to be happening. Out of base metal, in some cases, we may see some form of, of media tungsten come out. Uh, and I wish it well. Yeah. Uh, do you think, Rafe, that uh, this is, it calls itself GB News. Um, and this is not being facetious, really, but it seems it is mostly opinion to me, and that's not a bad thing, but it, would you say that it's what you were expecting? It is, by and large. I would say it's more accurate to call it a 24-hour editorial channel rather than a news channel mm -hmm. uh, because of the very nature. And I actually I understand full well why Andrew Neil decided not to do a rolling news programme because we all know that the ratings for rolling news, be it BBC or CNN, are very low unless you're dealing with the Gulf War or some major event. People don't tune in or they indeed for COVID. But at the same time, I think it, you know there is a huge void in this country for people who want to watch the news but don't actually want to watch mainstream news because then they know that they're centre-left to varying degrees. And so whilst it's fine to have all these opinion shows, which are based obviously on MSNBC and Fox News and Sky News Australia... Do you think they are actually I, based on that? Well, that's, that's clearly the model to have a personality-based format. I think it was a mistake not to have a news for half an hour at, say, uh, 6 p.m. at 1 o'clock and at 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Just have a half-hour news so people who don't watch BBC, who don't watch ITV or a Channel 4 could actually tune in and get news where they actually aren't throwing their slippers at the TV in, in, in anger. And I think that was a bit of a mistake. And I think that, I don't know, maybe it's a cost issue because putting together a news program is a very expensive thing to do. You need, but they have, do have reporters out there. I think there would be a way to do, even if not just news bulletins, 
look at the format of Good Morning right. Britain, right? right? Why not have a similar format to Good Morning Britain for their big breakfast show by having just news headlines announced there? That that was a bit of a mistake. But it is called GB News, and I did love Andrew Neil's swipe to the BBC during his opening monologue when he said, here at GB News, we won't forget what the B stands for mm. in our name. Mm. And so it is something that, that I think is actually very, very positive, and I'm so delighted by this channel. It's absolutely necessary. And, you know, it's going to reach, like Heineken, it's going to reach the parts other channels won't reach. People like us and our viewers surely will find something here. I've got it on all the time now, at least for the next few days, just to get right. a taste of it. And I'm actually enjoying it, even though, like Claire, I think it was a huge mistake to have Dan Wooten on <laughs> right after Andrew Neil had said there will be no hectoring, there will be no shouting. Uh, and all we got for the next three hours was hectoring and shouting. And ironically, you know, here we have a similar format, but it's calmed, collected, reasoned discussion, which I think increases people's uh, information and knowledge of a subject. Now, conflict always creates good ratings, but you get to a point where that can become a bit tiresome, and it, no one actually learns anything. And, and the great shame to me was on that first show, they had one person from the left, Benjamin Butterworth, from The Independent. He's a real kind who's of... Who's a very hate, lefty hate figure, people, yeah. famous from his interactions with Piers Morgan, and he ended up, in my opinion, being the most reasonable person there, and actually felt sympathy for him because he was ganged up on by everybody else. There's space for that, but it was a shame to have that following, that wonderful monologue from Andrew Neil. Well, it's about time we had shows where the one person from the left is ganged up, as they would be if they were in a pub. Uh, if you turn on BBC or any channel, Channel 4 News, the person who has the right of centre view is always the one that has to moderate what they say. They're the one that is interrupted all the time. Uh, on the first evening, they had Nigel Farage on. It's the first time I've heard him manage to get a sentence out in a long time. The only thing that came in and interrupted him were the adverts, because the adverts are on an automatic timing system, and they got their timing slightly wrong. Um, I would just say in defense of Dan Wooten that <clears throat> this is the first evening of this channel and his show for three hours outrated the BBC News and Sky News added together mm. for three consecutive hours. And I think a lot of people like me turned on thinking, I will give this five minutes. So I know Dan Wooten is on uh, radio, but I, I don't know him and I don't know what he normally does. But I just found that uh, he's smiley and it was positive. I was saying to you earlier on the way here, I was listening to Jeremy Vine. So I've only listened to GB News for the last two and a half days because I was dutifully uh, doing it for this, but also I, it's entertaining and I've been enjoying it. But in the car, I put on, I couldn't bear to put on Radio 4 at one o'clock, but I put on uh, Jeremy Vine and they're announcing Britain and Australia have signed a historic trade deal. Well, this is what everybody voted for for Brexit. This is a fantastic thing for Australia and for the United Kingdom. And we had 10 minutes of absolute misery and why it's terrible for farmers, why it's terrible for the environment and the uh, climate emergency, because apparently we're all only ever going to now eat substandard Australian steak uh, raised by cruel farmers who are horrible to animals. And then shipped on dirty old sort of puffers all the way to England and flogged through discount supermarkets. And okay, I'm exaggerating it, but every time I, t I turn on the BBC, which is very rare these days, and it's the same with anything really uh, in the mainstream, 
it's always the negative. It's always the downside. And GB News has, is, is not uncritical. They've been very critical of Boris in the last day. They've been uh, critical of uh, some Labour policy. Uh, but they've also told you a lot of good news stories, uh, just nice things to hear uh, that are, are life affirming. And there's definitely a place for that. Positive television gets better ratings than negative television. And I think they'll do well with that. Would you agree with that, Claire? No. Um, not really, or some some parts, of course, yes. I think the critique of mainstream media is well made. That's that's why GB News exists. We all can see that, and we're all here because we are fed up with that. And certainly people are fed up of being condescended to, fed up of hearing the negative. I think what GB News has got to avoid, though, and this is what I why I had some sympathy with the points that you were making about... Um, uh, uh, the person being ganged up on you see well you can say well you know that's always what's happened elsewhere well i've never liked it anywhere right? i don't, <coughs> don't want to see it i don't want to see a kind of alternative version of ganging up on I mean, what's the point of that i want to be able to hear what people are saying and i think that what's creative and i actually quite enjoyed it uh, dan wharton show last night where three of the guests were actually um pro the lockdown or pro the extension of the lockdown restrictions versus dance we had to kind of mediate it a bit and actually you've got what you got in that then was a more interesting conversation because dan had to kind of really think it through more and it then those three had differences of opinion amongst themselves so i mean that was kind of like just the way the the cookie crumbled on in terms of their opinions on that it doesn't mean they're left or right but i just i i what i um think that we've got to find out what will happen is if it's a personality-led show then at the moment it's not yet clear which personalities we'll see you know because there's a kind of enthusiasm and we, we're kind of not quite sure and everybody's getting on so you're not quite sure everyone's making a big effort so you're not really sure like where the tensions lie so the reason i'm saying that is because it can't be too samey and actually i'm going to be regularly on dan show so i mean i i i i i hesitate to 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 say this but i think that I don't. I won't be watching three hours of it every night. Let's put it that way, because there's a danger of that being too samey. And some people, by the way, love him. So it's going to be as a presenter, and like you have said, God, he's a new star and all that. But I, I actually think sometimes that can be broken up. And just on the news points, I think this is quite important. I, um, I think it's too expensive to have rolling news. I mean, it's just too expensive to say that you'll create the news. You, you know, that kind of has expectations. But where I think that, that there's a slight danger and is that the issues become repetitive because it's almost like yesterday's headlines or what the, what's trending. Or mm. In fact, they're quite explicit in good new bit is that they say, well, we're not just going to stick with what's on the front page of The Guardian and The Times. You know, we're also going to look at what's online. Mm. There is likely to be able to say, well, what did anyone think of the new culture forum discussion as they are about something else? They're very broad minded. But the danger it I mean if I, I'm not kidding you if I hear another conversation about taking the knee I'm going to scream it's been on practically every program since it started now as I think that that is an over fetishized symbol that is becoming meaningless and degrading anti-racism what I don't want to do is to also have to repeatedly hear people saying you know there's a problem with protecting yeah. the knee so and i think that's a danger of not having the immediacy of the news you know in some ways what the news the real genuine news does is it gives you the story to talk about rather than 
just repeating what's okay but they're popular. not going to be a 24-hour news channel like cnn no, or the bbc no. or sky but I, but I, and, I think and you're, you're absolutely right it is it's utterly unaffordable i think we have to acknowledge that a group of individuals some independent people have actually launched a 24-hour or nearly 24-hour channel on tv the other people who've launched it have been the bbc itv tried and didn't last with it and sky the people with literally yeah. bottomless there's no, pockets there's no point to sitting here doing hagiography is there otherwise why have i no. come right if we can't be as it were friends of the channel and and make some constructive criticism then it's never going to get anywhere and that's what happens whenever you try and discuss the bbc whenever i i love the bbc i believe in impartiality i'm a bit of a bbc type if i try and uh, criticize the bbc i'm generally and in fact in the house of lords they had a, a discussion on public service broadcast broadcasting because i critiqued the bbc they immediately said that I hated the BBC. Everybody else said the BBC was wonderful, wouldn't take any criticism. Now, what GB News does not need are those of us to not be able to say what will be better is if you do that. So I actually thought that point where you say we're not a 24-hour news channel, but why don't we have a news programme, which is a bit more located. Not All you have to do is... To I know it's silly, but to have watched somebody else's news program there and give a few headlines, right? So you can kind of, for the viewer, you can locate, oh, the big news are these things. Now let's have a discussion about it. I'm just saying, if you don't do that, sometimes it's a bit too free-floating. Where I think they've been really successful, I really agree with what you said about the uh, the regional reporters. That mm. feels quite newsy. Yeah, it's good. And yeah, actually, when they had a great piece on Northern Ireland where they actually had... Uh, somebody up there, Northern Irish correspondent, but talking about the problems of the Northern Irish protocol on the ground in, yeah. in a way that was informed and intelligent and in part of the news agenda. Sometimes they've gone a bit much on that local news to the point where it's like, yeah, but that's such a banal piece of local news, we don't need to have a conversation about it. Other things have been utterly riveting. So I think that they need to locate themselves with some factual news stories. That's all I'm saying. And I, not, I, not just what's meaning or, or I mean, it's, trending. It's... In many cases, when it comes to the the uh, pre-standing ITV Channel 4, BBC Sky, uh, they have been looking into certain subjects and their scoop stories, when they lead the news, when they break a story. This is after X many months' hard work behind the scenes. GB News has been doing its hard work trying to get its tech stuff sorted, getting getting melding this thing together. I think that side of things will come. Some of these journalists that they've taken on board are highly experienced, very good journalists. Yeah, yeah. And they will, by just by breathing, be unable to be the sort of person who just sits there and does comment. They will want to find stuff out. Right. Day three, mm -hmm. you're not going to be there. Um, and I think that that's, I, I think what's going to be very interesting, this sort of, this sort of project what will be interesting is who survives in six months' time. Some of these, some of the old and bold will have got tired of this new format and all the rest of it and will feel actually maybe not for me. Others of the new people that they've been blooding in, this, in, these, in these shows, again, just won't be able to hack it. We don't know yet. They don't yeah, know yeah, yet. No, no, right. See what happens in six months' time. It will have bedded down. We'll start seeing their news reporters, particularly the regional ones, coming up with serious and... and, and and really important stories from around the country and some of the main presenters it just won't work and that's fine yeah that's I mean, not a problem but you're exactly right and picking up on claire's point too it's important for 
to acknowledge that all five of us are absolutely behind GB News, 100%. And so our criticisms of it are intended to be constructive and to be taken in that light, and we want it to succeed. And that's why we're we're, we're sticking our oar in, even though it's in early days. Uh, But the point you've made is very, very critical, because Andrew Neil has clearly said that this is supposed to be personality-led. So everything is built around the programs and the people hosting the programs. And the models are MSNBC on the left, Fox News, and Sky News Australia. My slight concern, that's why I want to see what happens over the next six months, is that of all the models, none of them have presenters who are as young as the presenters are on this channel. And my fear is that they lack currently, it's not just no fault of theirs being that young, but to, to me, they lack the experience, some of them lack the experience and the skill and the, the knowledge to actually seem as if they're commanding their roles. And I'm not quite sure how they're going to learn that other than by cutting their teeth as journalists in the world of journalism. So if you look at the successes of Fox News and others, you had Megan Kelly on Dan Wooten's show, right? You've got Tucker Carlson. These are experienced people. I would have expected somebody like Julia Hartley Brewer to be pairing one of the experienced male broadcasters for one of the sorts of shows. That's the, that's the energy, the dynamic, the sort of relationship you get where there's actually, you can see there's a bit of a disconnect between the two presenters in quite a, f- a few of the shows without naming names. Although it's fair to say people like Tucker Carlson and uh, Megyn Kelly were actually very young when they, because they started 25 years ago on those sorts of shows in America. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in America and I, 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 I've, I've seen them over the last 25 years and I used to wonder how old Tucker Carlson was because he seemed to be very opinionated for somebody who seemed, well, I thought at the time was a lot younger than me. Um, what... Uh, I think I wanted to pick up on a point you made about how they can create news is the easiest way for them to create news is Andrew Neil or another person interviewing somebody eminent such as mm. the Prime Minister at a key time. The problem they'll have, of course, is that Andrew Neil is, uh, you know, nobody wants to get brillowed, nobody him, wants yes. to be <laughs> skewered. And uh, so it was very interesting seeing him with Steve Baker. It was it was a rigorous interview. Steve Baker wasn't just allowed to say uh, what he uh, what he wanted. Uh, he wasn't interrupted. It, it was analytical, and he was put on the spot. And I find him very interesting. But it isn't a headline news story that's going to be in no. the paper tomorrow. But it would be if he if they'd got Boris or Keir Starmer to come on. And normally, when these sorts of channels launch, they do get somebody like that a really really big interview viewee to come on and so far they haven't announced anything. But if I come back on that point and the key issue here in these early days is ratings, ratings, ratings and you need to have big name guests but you also need to have presenters who are equally of a big stature. Now they've got Andrew Neil who's an alias right they've got excellent presenters like Simon McCoy, Colin Brazier Mm. and Alistair Stewart who are superb but it's still lacking another big name heavy hitter Someone like Piers Morgan. Now he was, you know, we were told that it was it would cost about two million to get him away from, from ITV. Now, when you've got a budget of sixty million, I would say two million on Piers Morgan, who was a confirmed ratings getter, who was the the, the host of the Larry King show in, on CNN when when Larry King retired. That would be a huge asset to have, if you can imagine, a two-hour slot where you've got Andrew Neil followed by Piers Morgan. That would be appointment viewing. That would give you the ratings and would, I would think, ensure your survival. And now I'm just thinking that they're missing that Nick Ferrari or Julia Hartley Brewer or uh, Piers Morgan characters that could really energise and get the viewers in at these early days. Claire, do you think, do you, I mean, how do you feel about seeing Piers Morgan on, on it? 
Um, you know, I, I can understand what the attraction was. I, I, I'm not entirely convinced that he was the right person because that would have put a lot of people off as well. So it would have been kind of, you know, appointment viewing, but um, not necessarily of the right kind. And, you know, I, I think they do have, I, I understand that ratings are important. I actually think that making the point that they were watched on the first night, I mean, they were watched by everyone who wanted to destroy them. I mean, everyone yes, watched the it. it like, I, so wouldn't, I don't think so that works, right? It's the launch night, and, and everybody what what they've achieved, which is amazing, is that everybody felt they had to watch that launch night, love or hate, because that, in a way, it became that became the appointment to view. But then it was just that the conclusions drawn from the only four hours that they saw were were slightly skewed. Don't you? But do, what? But what I was I was going to say they were up against it. I mean, I wanted to raise the fact that. You know, you, you were saying about getting these big names. I mean, it is. Well, first of all, I don't want to see the demise of, of, of talk radio. You know, talk radio has done very well at establishing its own brand. I don't want it to be talk radio on the TV. And talk Do you think radio, it is at the moment, Dan? No, no it's, certain programmes could be. And I, and I don't want it to be because I think talk radio is its own brand and I want diversity of opinion and of style in the broadcaster media of this country, not all bits, everything sounding like yeah. BBC uh, or, or, or Channel 4. But what I was going to say was that, that, that therefore, Julia Hartley Brewer, I mean, in some ways, I think it's, it's eminently interesting that they were loyal and I think that's good. But I think that over time, they will probably get bigger names. But one of the difficulties is how much pressure they're under. So the reason I'm saying that is because this hope not hate, uh, or what is it? Don't fund hate oh, yeah. or don't... stop funding. No, no, stop funding hate. But I thought they might have gone away. They're actually having a range of successes today. They're actually um, Copperberg uh, quite. A... No, they've had no, they've had a number of announced. I don't want to. No. I don't want to advertise them by saying who they are. Um, quite a number of big brands have pulled out. There's quite a lot of pressure on people who go on the show that they're far right. Um, that there's a de there's a delegitimization de demonization that we're all everyone around this room will be familiar with because we've all been on the receiving end of it one way or another. Now, when that goes to a channel, you know, and a lot of energy goes into it from those people, that can mean that it becomes a risky place to go because people think, God, I don't know if I want to have a presenting job on there. They've got a great crowd. We'll see who lasts. I agree with all that. But if you're a big name, you're thinking. So I think those people like Sam McCoy and Colin and Alistair who've taken that risk, um, that, they're very brave of them and I really admire them for that. But for other people, they'll be waiting to see. And all I'm saying is that there's a, as usual with these things, there is a culture war about GB News, which is led by people who say that GB News is responsible for the culture war. But they are actually trying to destroy GB News and... That's in that sense why I would want to defend it. Why I desperately want it they to do really well. They are trying to smother it in its cost. Trying to smother it absolutely. What, what actually um, is, I found quite interesting. I don't know if it's when when they announced the figures for the first night. Admittedly, it was a first night, so it's, it's not. But when they announced it, it was very very good and very healthy. It also made you realise how tiny the audiences for news channels. Exactly. Yeah. I got yes. Sure. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's like. So, uh, so hang on. So that's a live viewing audience, but these channels don't just work that way. We're all familiar with Sky News Australia because it's on YouTube well, and, and it's clipped. How do I watch TV? And, yeah. Yes, and people <laughs> share it on Twitter or 
Facebook. And so I'm not uncritical, but Dan Wooten started like a train and he had one of those pieces to camera for about four minutes where it was his opinion. And I thought, I mean, look, give, give the guy a break. It's a, the channel's launching. It's the very first thing he's saying. But the ones that you see from Sky News Australia or Fox News, the people are measured, they're stately and they set out their stall very carefully because they know that the editor is going to clip it and they're going to post it to people all around the world. Now, what I would like GB News to be is a voice not just to people, and it's obviously from Britain, but to go around the world. I have lots of friends in Australia or America that would love uh, to watch it. And the only thing that they can see really is Sky News or the BBC. And they think that's what everybody in Britain thinks. And I will say, it's not really what everybody thinks. But isn't there a sort of, there's a real opportunity here for Warriors as well, isn't there? Given that these uh, figures for news channels are very small, uh, do people realise that Sky News, given its profile, something like 60,000 on Sunday night or something, when they had the general election, it was like 47,000, something really small. Uh, you've therefore, you know, these are hugely funded people and they kind of make the news agenda, don't they? So And yet they are deeply niche. Yes. They are actually, in any other context, they would be called niche. They'd be called very, very small. And I think, therefore, GB News has got a great uh, opportunity there. But what I, what I would like to ask is that what struck me was that uh, throughout the, the launch and the day after, people were talking about, we want to talk about, people feel they can't say what they want anymore. People feel they can't say. And, you know, woke and everyone's going to be cancelled. And, and there was this question mark forming in my mind thinking well so okay so what are you what are you going to do uh what will they allow to be said you know isn't how, this how far is their isn't boundary? this an Where important is that boundary? point in a way well, we'll i mean find out. When, when people are saying well no one people feel they can't say what they uh, this is undoubtedly true so how far will they allow that to go well, I think a very good test, and I thought about this. I worked with David Starkey many years ago. You interviewed him very recently, and I thought, suppose they were doing Harry and Meghan, which is a sort of GB News sort of thing they might do. Would they have him on just as a royal commentator? I mean, they might have him on to talk about what it's like to be cancelled, which would be a specific kind of interview. But would they just have him on as another person, expert in a particular area that he's an expert on? And if they don't have him on, then they're allowing other people to make the decision about who comes on or doesn't come on their channel. And they're complying with cancel culture. And they may well feel under that pressure because they are relying on advertisers and investors. But, the, but the, one of the difficulties, though, is that you know, you don't want to go out of your way to be provocative, which is, well, maybe this is just my shtick, but on, on you know, I, I suppose what I, you know, in a, in a variety of ways I, I, I won't bore you with, but you know, sometimes you can, let me use the example of the students who voted to take the Queen off the, off the, off the walls. Um, you know, that's the kind of story that kind of went on and on and on and on and on. By the time it was finished, I was saying, what kind of students would vote to put the picture of the Queen on the wall? Never mind, take it off, right? It was the most trivial of examples. And the problem that GB News, I would say, with the Academy of Ideas that I run, that, 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 that New Culture Forum have got to avoid is where, you know, everything's woke and everything's cancel culture and we spend the whole time whinging about these things and 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 there's some such serious threats to freedom of speech at the moment there's such serious examples of 
blasphemy by the back door, intolerance, and I've already said a genuine attempt at um, destroying the the revenue for a new uh, broadcasting channel that sometimes the trivial can get in the way that's what I was trying to say about taking the knee you know don't go on about it for the rest of your lives because you are being more annoying than the guys taking the knee at this point and and I think that therefore it's not that I mean I you know they should they can or, 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 or they should or shouldn't have David Starkey on I, I don't suppose it's, it's not that but what I don't want them to do is to say we're going to have them on because they were cancelled either that's the point I'm making yeah. I, I don't want them to be agent provocateurs and one of the things that I think about where people I, I wrote in the spectator about the channel that um whereas you know there's a lobby system for for Westminster that I wanted GB News to be like the lobby system for the public. You know, that I, wa- I wanted to feel that they represented a broader range. The thing is, the public themselves, millions of people who don't feel represented, don't all just, for example, want the lockdown restrictions to end. Whether we like it or not, they just don't want it, right? That's a lot of people don't want it. So you've got to be careful you don't end up in your own echo chamber. That's the thing, is that, you, that, you're, that you're measured that you kind of sense that people sense that you're on their side as the public, but that you're also challenging them, got different points of view. And I'm not just kind of acting as a sort of student, you know, a kind of like student free speech society going, let's have Katie Hopkins in because that'll upset everybody, everybody. And it's like, that's not what we need, right? And I, that's what I dread. I don't want them to do that. Do, do you think, I mean, this is going on from that. Basically, we're just talking about being repetitive, you know, and being bored with this. Is there, a, is there a practical problem in, in filling time, do you think? I mean, if you're going to be an opinion-led channel, not a news one, um, how can you fill what is an, a huge ocean of time? Well, I've got a, a, a quick one-liner to answer you, just because it, you'll like it, which is I think they need to say, we're going to have a science programme. I think they need to say, a science and invention programme, right. a one-hour one. I think they need to say there's going to be an arts program. (laughs) No, but I no, but I really mean this because I do think that they're not opinion-led; they're sort of theme-led, and and not taking the knee, but sports. Yeah, but sport. But I think you could do that really well. They'll do they'll do science items and arts items. Look, the thing I think has been very impressive is because. I've worked on shows where you ring around and you say, you know, m- many years ago, one was, you know, uh, behind the scenes on cable TV channels that no one had heard of. And you ring up and say, would you like to come on our channel? And you haven't even said in the, what the program is and no one will come on and you haven't got any money and they won't come on. And the thing that really impressed me was whoever is doing the booking for GB News has managed to get a new person to come on every five or seven minutes. There are a few big stars that got a bit longer. Uh, we all saw Alan Sugar and saw what curtains looked like in Chigwell, which was uh, a real knockback yeah, moment. That was very surreal, though, I have to say, wasn't it? It was like, I felt he, he felt like he was there under duress somehow. Yeah, that, that, didn't, you know? that was one interview that I didn't <laughs> He looked, he was either very tired or he'd had a very good dinner or yeah. uh, uh, or something. And um, as a producer, I would have said, could I just see where the camera is going to be in your room? Because I don't think a single person heard what he said. I think everybody said, my God, is that what the inside of his house looks like? It was such, it was such a setback. You need, for the you whole need to be interviewed by Lloyd Grossman. <laughs> I mean, what, what, do you think, what do you think, this more general point, 
is, and this is, I think, in some ways, been entirely highlighted by GP News, this idea that impartiality in the Ofcom sense or in the traditional BBC sense uh, was always a shimmerer anyway. It was always an illusion. And that this has blown it out of the water. So, you know, they are being opinionated on GB News, but Sky would say they're not. But I know as sure as eggs are eggs that, in fact, Sky is hopelessly biased, right? It's hopelessly not, you know, impartial. Would, would you agree? I, I, I was thinking of one of the things you said about getting, getting guests. I can't count the number of times that I've had shows on and yeah. This is the mainstream rather than some uh, dubious that nobody's ever heard of a cable channel um, who basically say, will so-and-so come on and will they say this? No, because that's not what they believe. Oh, we're not interested then. Um, and I hope to goodness that GB News doesn't have that approach, which is we're phoning you up because we think you're going to be controversial. We think you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And if they say, well, actually, that's not what I think. Oh, mm. well, can you find somebody who will say that? No, because that's not. And that side of things. Yeah, yeah. I hope to goodness that GB News does not practice that. We need this being said. We may as well say it ourselves. Why get a guest? Because that's what we want them to say. And that, that's, that's a problem. One of the crucial uh, things, I remember Robin Aiken talked about this, you know, the guy who was a, a BBC on the Today programme reporter. Uh, it's all about the uh, schedule, the news agenda that is decided in the first place. You know, by the chat, by the BBC, by Sky, it's the but, editorial conference. What they decide is a BBC story or not. Yeah, but well, I suspect you're going to have to have that for GB News. Uh, this, yeah, we've yeah, all been yeah, saying that yeah. we need some level of news leavening of the comments. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is that that's where the big change could be. No, but, well, that, yes, of course. But you, you're, you're talking about impartiality. I want to do a defence of it because, you know, there are still some great public service broadcasters, yeah. in my opinion, who are impartial. And by that, what what means is that they treat guests fairly regardless of their views for a start off what's happened what's happened to impartiality and why it's in such a dis, absolute disrepute at the present time in terms of the way it's been practiced by 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 channel 4 by by bbc uh, uh, in particular but you know then sky in the kind of background is that they say we're impartial we're fair we've invited you on claire and then they spend the next half hour sneering at you it's very clear to the audience that you've got three good guys and one that we're all meant to despise. I mean, somebody once described it, John Waters, the Irish commentator, described it as, they always make you feel as though you've got dandruff, you know, that you're kind of like, you're you're invited, but you're kind of like, they really, and that, for the audience then, it comes over as, we know what your opinion is, that we knew, and Brexit brought it to vicious, viscerally, not viciously, well, both viscerally to the fore because you, they couldn't contain their contempt. I, I do know certain individual and quite high profile BBC journalists who that I have drank with for 20 years. and I couldn't tell you how they vote. Mm. And I admire and respect that. Um, others, as we well know, will be well, making all sorts of comments Alice, on Alice their private Twitter feed. Colin Brazier, as it happens, are two really good examples of that. But there's also, I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I'm very fond of Amal, Amal Rajan. I was yeah, just going to so say, good, Amal yeah. jo- Rajan, Chris, Chris Mason, Mason yeah. absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. uh, journalist in, in many ways because he, who even well, not just in wished good ways. luck to. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he wished them good luck. Yes, right? he did. These are, these are good individual people, but I think there's just no getting away. The, the level of distrust now for yeah. mainstream is huge and understandable. And the big difference is, I think, is that it's it's permeated into mainstream 
viewership now. I mean, once upon a time, it was Tories saying, why didn't you have more Tory MPs on to talk about Brexit? It's not that. Now it's people feel they look at the drama, they look at the comedy, yeah. and they think, oh, God, you know, I'm sorry, enough. I just don't want to watch it anymore. And I just think there is a real uh, chance here. Do you think that, uh, Rafe, do you think that, say, this, just pretend, just for argument's sake, that we were still in the Brexit argument. Do you think that, say, like GB News should have a Brexit should have a Brexit position, a declared Brexit position? Do you think a channel should have that? No, that shouldn't have a Brexit no. position. But well, again, the no. I mean, a pro Brexit. Yeah. I know what you're saying, but the, the point is, the presenters themselves will portray that. I mean, what I like about uh, GB News so far is that you ha you have had radically opposing views from presenters on various issues. Right. This morning, there were two radically opposing views on taking the knee. We've seen Dan Wooten taking a very different position on anti-lockdown to other presenters. And I like that it's sort of editorial independence that each yes. show has. Mm. I think that's very important. It's the same thing at The Spectator. People are always attacking Andrew Neil for, for his for his magazine. He says, I've got nothing to do with it. It's up to the editorial policies mm. of the actual magazine itself. And I regard this more as a magazine show than actually a news yeah. channel. As I said, it's an editorial channel. But in terms of the bias, I mean, I was shocked when I I saw the polls of how much of the British population have distrust in mainstream oh, yes. media. Yeah. Uh, you know, it always used to be the Tories on the right and then the Corbynistas on the left, you know. Mm. But what we do have are, are these sort of woke Tony Blair uh, channels now, with you know, from Channel 4 to Sky, the BBC, and then ITV. You know, and, and, and Sky, people have to realise, was taken over in 2018, I think it was, by Comcast, who owned NBC. So it's no longer a, uh, it's no longer a Rupert Murdoch-owned channel as Sky News Australia remains. And so people could be confused watching Sky News Australia and then mm. seeing this huge hugely woke uh, Sky UK production. So that has definitely gone over to a more biased side. ITV, ITN is the closest to the centre ground. And I think it's a great shame that you've seen ITN news decline so rapidly over the past few decades. Because that, to my mind, was the gold standard of impartiality. And people don't quite remember, I think, how important ITN news was. It was the first mm. half hour news programme. ITN was the definition globally, I would say, of the perfect news impartiality. You know, Andrew Neil's mentor was that was Alistair Burnett, but she Trevor mm. McDonald. More than the BBC, it was that. And it's, it's the decline yeah. of ITN that I think has been... They did sue me for libel, so I've got slightly joy. But, but, <laughs> but when... But recently, not in the 80s. But when... when 20 years ago. When society is very divided, people like to divide between newspapers and, uh, you know, they clutch their Telegraph or Daily Mail or their Guardian. And actually, the ones in the middle, like the Independent, don't, don't, don't sell. And it's the same with uh, television. And the reason you're getting more polarity, well, we haven't, we're only getting the polarity now, but the reason everything's been going in one direction is because if you're very uh, objective, uh, as uh, these uh, channels used to be, people are getting the news from so many places that one, actually they are looking for it. One thing that we haven't touched, and I think is quite important, is the impact that GB News is going to have on the other channels. Yes. How they're going I to react. To I noticed that, um, and I had somebody had a go at me for, for pointing this out, Sky relaunched its look last week. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, well, that's interesting. Oh, no, no, we've been planning this for six months and they've been planning theirs for six months. I, I think that it will be very interesting to see if the audience does start to switch, if you do see this barb figure maintain over a period of six months. The BBC, ITV, Channel 4 News, they're going to have to deal with this 
They're going to, in order to get the audience back. And how is that going to impact on how they do you remember, go back to impartiality, perhaps? And I would hope that that will help. In the early days, Sky's, uh, Sky used to have it said, the joke logo was never wrong for long. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think what they can't, what they can't escape is, is, is they don't get it. So it's a bit like the Labour Party trying to save itself. They, they often don't get it. <laughs> well, there is that. So, yes. so you know, the, 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 the BBC thinks, oh, you know, GB News coming up. Right, we're going to have lots of people with regional accents on yeah. our screens, right? That, you know, and, and it's we'll like, sort of, oh, to... God, they think that if you've got a Geordie accent, you can't have a metropolitan outlook. They haven't got a clue. They don't understand mm. intuitively. They don't, they don't, you know, so... You know, Sky have got that kind of, I think it's, a, you know, a daily prime time, but it might be weekly actually, because I definitely don't watch it, but a kind of climate change oh, news, yes. you know. But I, I'm just saying, they, they, they don't really understand. Then they think, well, young people, so then we'll kind of like have this, and, and then they, they genuinely think that every young person, and of course they've got a, a point here, every young person will think that the trans issue is important, so they kind of go down that route. Mm. They, they, they're diversity. The reason I'm saying that is because I do think it will shake up the more serious journalistic output. But the point that you were making, Peter, is, is that it seeps through their drama, yes. through everything, light right? Their light entertainment yeah. and everything. And so I think they're going to find it very hard to kind of cleanse that. Because the truth is that in those broadcasters, Gwen will know as, as much as I do, there were secret Brexiteers in all of those places because they'd come and talk to people like us, right? They'd come up and they'd whisper. They were senior broadcasters, senior people in those places, voted leave, but they couldn't say it. There are senior people who like me and text me and are very friendly, but they can't be seen to be doing that. And, and therefore, there's a climate in those broadcasters that is inhospitable to diversity of opinion. They just don't even understand they haven't got diversity of opinion. They think diversity of opinion is having a green on versus an extinction rebellion about how you reduce climate, how you reduce, uh, uh, make it zero. Uh, and they have a row whilst agreeing. You know, it's that I, I kind guess, of thing. Basically, diversity to them is something you can see, not something yes, you think. Exactly. Yes. Can I ask, by way of ending, um, just... Just, uh, and you know, we've made this point, everyone's made this point, I think it's very clear. You know, we all think this is a, a good thing and are pleased about it being the GB News. Uh, just one thing you would like to see changed. Uh, I'll start. Um, please give Andrew Neil a slightly bigger desk. Um, you know, someone of his stature, you know, he's in this very small area. I, I would like to see a bit of a wider thing. Uh, Ray, well, following on from Gwen's comment about Sky News changing its look, I'd like to see GB News change its look next week or tomorrow. It's far too dark because it's supposed to be a positive, uplifting channel. And to see it so black and 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 and, and, down, and the lighting was, was very, very dim and sodden. And it, even for breakfast TV, to have a black uh, uh, set is, I think, quite quite appalling. You see that they've realised that they've got better lighting today as, as, as of yes. yesterday. Andrew Neil's got his jacket off, so you're seeing his white shirt against the, the black backdrop. But that yes. would be my... my one comment. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to make the same comment. Uh, I- 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 exactly. But so I'll have to pick something else. Well, I hope the new sign man joins soon. 
new sound man joins oh, right. soon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they have to get over those technical yeah. hitches. We have got great goodwill towards them, but in the end, if you can't hear people clearly, it becomes very irritating. I have to say that I've watched it on the app, and I think the app is very mm. uh, successful. Right. It's much better watching that sort of television on a tiny little screen. Right. Uh, you don't notice the background or the faults with the sound uh, quite so much, yeah. but on your big H Super HD TV, uh, they have to get over those technical things right. fast. Okay, and I, I think going back to some of the things we said earlier, I think a a regular understood and expected headline bulletin that can then right. bleed in to the discussions that are taking place yeah. is, I think, essential. If it's going to be a news channel, GB News, it must have that. Now, it can break news, it can lead news, it can comment on news, but it must have the, I'm turning on, I'm not watching the BBC, I'm not watching ITV, I'm not watching Channel 4. What's actually happened? Yes, 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 exactly. Uh, Sir, just... The sound, which I defended at the beginning, saying it was just technical, start to then, because we've actually, despite everything, we with DIY broadcasting... You actually start thinking, but well, even the guys in the Academy of Ideas office sound is better than this. What's wrong? <laughs> right? I mean, that, you know, so it does start to create. I, what I really want to see is an imaginative buying in of, um, are you going to laugh now? I really like the new culture forum documentaries, for example. Mm. I think they're really good. Heresies. You're yeah. going to like all these. They're yeah. my suggestions. Heresies. But why not actually say... Let's have a break. I mean, this is, they haven't said no to this. We're going a couple of days, but I'd like to see them saying on a Sunday afternoon, we're going to show one of the Heresy series. Mm-hmm. By the way, you're not the only ones making those kind of documentaries. There'll be other people. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see a, a, you know, a science and an arts programme, not, not, not to, to be conventional, because I think they'd do a great job of it. I'd love to see uh, that in a GB News format. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to innovations, not just because one thing about opinion, if you're people like us, We've all got opinions. And if you're on social media, we've all got opinions. Is There are times when you think, I need a break from opinionated ideas, <laughs> especially when they're the same as my own. Do you know what I mean? I, on occasion, I'd like a bit of stimulation that goes beyond... What about the potter's wheel? You know, we could have a return to the potter's wheel. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, it's, it's more the, uh, well, the art side of things, the Melvin Bragg style thing from the 60s and 70s, that style of... In depth, looking at arts figures, mm. but not from the obvious perspective that well, has been all arts coverage for the for as long as I can remember. They could literally do it with one person coming in for an interview, or even interview. You know, it doesn't have to be filming an art gallery or or, mm. or going to France. Oh, no, it exactly. could be just what you're talking about. It could be literally an interview with somebody. Tell me your life story. The sort of thing that you do when you know when yeah, when, when, when you're yeah, you just say, into. Philip. We we had a, a quick mention when we were on this program of Philip Roth. Was he being cancelled? Which caused controversy because people said he wasn't. Bit controversy over Philip Roth. Why don't we get three literature people in and talk about Philip Roth and what he means? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting hour, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Educational, but genuinely interesting. Some people might read the odd novel after it, and it would be genuinely uh, a good thing to do. So it's, I didn't mean big production. No. No, the no, other I thing as well, just sorry, before we leave, is given the way things are at the moment as well, what would be wonderful would be some form of travel programme uh, lack to, of travel program. Well, no, no, but I mean, sort of something. Which wish you were here. Fore- yes, <laughs> wish you were here. You won't be. The future. But anyway, as I said, this, <laughs> that one's not going to fly. Uh, no, none of us are. This is uh, obviously we're all. 
very best of luck to it, don't you think? Oh, yes, absolutely. absolutely. News. Thank you very much, Gwen. Thank, Thank you. you, Claire. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Ray. Um, that's it for counterculture, and uh, we shall see you next time, okay? Thank you. <laughs>